Hey, good morning. Happy Friday. You made it, some of you. Nip and tuck. Weren't sure you were going to be here, but goodness, you did it. Congratulations. It's Bruce, Judy, DJ Brett over there. Awesome to have everybody with us today. Thank you for joining us. Looks like it's going to be a pretty decent weekend, too. I got to tell you, I'm flat. Not. It's almost, we're just shy of brisk. In the morning, I don't know what how you describe the weather. I don't know what's what's a step up a from touch brisk. Touch of fall in the air. Touch of fall. Let's mm-hmm. go with that. There is a touch of fall. Yeah, and I'm not complaining. Boy. No, it's, no, it's no. Do I mean, not. It's actually been beautiful. It, uh, no argument. No argument whatsoever. So uh, enjoy your weekend. Hope you guys are going to have a, a a good time. Um, although I got to tell you, as people get out and about, as we talk about. A city reopening, people coming back, people feeling more comfortable. I feel like we've hit a bit of a wall. I feel like there is a, a pause button hit. Um, people not feeling comfortable, maybe in crowded spaces, in restaurants or whatever. And there are some Chicago aldermen that are taking a cue, I guess I could say, from New York, Los Angeles, New Orleans, which I did not realize, and talking about an indoor vax mandate? Yep, for people um, visiting public indoor settings like restaurants, bars, movie theaters, gyms, concerts. Uh, okay, okay I, I was going to say, what, what do we leave out in there? I mean, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't know what it is. So, this is already a rule, and I have not heard. How is it going in places like New York? Is it a do you see what I'm saying? Like, I have not heard, I haven't seen the videos of people like with burning torches outside of the, uh, outside of the gym, you know, cause they won't get let in, but I gotta, <sighs> let me see, because I don't know that it has started yet. I feel like that'd be a tough ask of your employees. Well, we already have the argument that you've made them be the mask police, the, 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 the hostess at the restaurant, the, the checker at the grocery store now is, please, you need to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask inside. It's not our rule. It's a city rule. You know, you, you, you see that. So the vax, oh, vax police is going to be a lot harder. A lot well, harder. Here's a story in New York. City inspectors will hit the streets Monday to start enforcing that indoor. So, okay. yeah, yeah, it will be the mask police. Um, It starts Monday. In New York. In New York. Well, at least enforcement does. Which is why we haven't heard anything. Yet. Yeah, they've Yet. been. It's been strongly suggested. Uh, you know, we 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 would prefer if you did. So proof of vaccination required. So I also think about, like the backup. I mean, it's. Of I don't know why. Somewhere you mean? Anywhere. I think of the TSA line. Look how long it takes people uh, okay. to show all their damn to, ID. All you have to think about is the Lollapalooza. Oh, non-lines. People just flash their. Well, vaccination that's the argument, card. right? That a business would say. You know, just wave right. something at us and we're saying, we yeah. checked. And so then that almost makes me more worried because so people will do it. People mm-hmm. who aren't vaccinated. And now you think everyone's vaccinated. So you kind of let your guard down a little bit. Right. But you I still mean, have to wear I, a mask, don't you? Like there's so many. I can't keep track of the rules. I just it's and I can understand. Well, I'll tell you, I went out to uh, eat yesterday in the oh. suburbs. And I sat outside. It was kind of like half in, half outside. The mm-hmm. windows were open. Wonderful and day to do so. We took our masks off to right eat. when we Hello. sat. 
We'll just, oh, you mean right, just we sit down. down. Yeah. But when the waitress came up, I did say, do you want us to put our masks on? And she said, no. Because this is the <laughs> suburbs, first of all. And we didn't have, we, I didn't put it off and on. I just took it off. And then when I got up to leave, I, we put it back on and walked to the restaurant. But nobody, nobody inside the restaurant had a mask on. Once was, you sat down, that was it. I was inside uh, the airport. And I was sitting at the little table and mm-hmm. and i had a drink and i think i'd already finished eating i'm not gonna i, I I'm, I'm not trying to play it up and like the lady walks up to take my empty plate or whatever and i was like oh i'm sorry and i was supposed to wear a mask she goes you don't have to wear a mask when you're sitting in here yeah <laughs> she goes, if you're sitting at the table you don't have to wear a mask and so i see this you're asking almost every individual person to rate the scale on mask, vaccine, you know what I'm saying? It's up to every single person of what they're comfortable with on some level. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't but see you, this as fun. if it's only vaccinated people, that it's a different, that's a different world, right? I mean, if you go somewhere and you have to show proof of vaccination, now you're sitting at a restaurant and you, presumably, everyone there is vaccinated. It is different. So, I, I'm breathing easier and I'm not worrying about my mask so much. So I only an example, wear it because of people aren't vaccinated. Uh, an example is offices. Our, our office in what? Th- three weeks? I'm horrible with time. Will be oh, reopened. Because it involves numbers. Day. Yeah. Month of the day. Sometime in October, right? 11th, I want to say. Okay. When say people have month. to be back and have to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And so are you saying that if you know everyone is vaccinated. Why do I need my mask? Yeah, but you'll still have to wear a mask in the building. But will we? Yeah. In the building, maybe, but I don't know. If we, why? If we're all on this floor. Because you have to in the city of Chicago. That's a city mandate. That's not a right, but us one, mandate. I know, but once we're all vaccinated, we're all back here and every we know everyone has shown proof But isn't that what happened last time? Well, now, we've got enough people vaccinated so you don't have to wear your masks. Remember? I mean, we just keep going this back and forth. So we all took our masks off and then he went, yeah, that's not working. Put your mask back on. Even if you're vaccinated. There was never enough people vaccinated. It was not as many cases of yeah. COVID. Now it's exploded again. And again, it's like this vicious circle. It goes back to why do we have so many cases of of COVID? Because 99.9% of them are people who aren't vaccinated. It always goes back to those who aren't vaccinated. So we knew this was coming. We knew it was going to be, as you said, a segregated society between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. I mean, I can only imagine there'll be businesses services that cater to one or the other the 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 issue for the unvaccinated is in a city like chicago where we know the majority of people are vaccinated if if you're a business owner you're going to choose the vac side because there's more available audience (laughs) there's more available customers customers, right right, that are vaccinated as opposed to saying we're going to cater to the unvaccinated community uh um because there's just fewer of them i mean just as a percentage so you can see how this becomes like a ball rolling downhill yeah i mean and it seems like every day i hear another business another organization another something that takes the rule and goes one step further Uh, yesterday it was united airlines yeah that said uh if you have a 
customer religious facing. exemption or medical exemption. We accept your exemption, but we're not going to pay you and you have to stay home. Right. I was like, wow, that you up the ante. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. there's a shot across the and bow. Have a lot of employees, thousands and thousands of employees. Right. So and, you know, I said this earlier when when people weren't taking the vaccine. I was like, who would have who could have predicted that that we'd be in this place where People don't want the vaccine because, you know, I was, of course, hunted it down. Right. Now we're in this place where these COVID cases are exploding again. I didn't, you know, a couple months ago, I did not think we would be here. That we'd have a Delta variant that's much more contagious. So here's something I don't understand. And, and I, 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 I'm not sure if it's just anecdotal, but here's my feeling. A year ago, when everything exploded, I don't think I knew anybody. Who died of COVID? I I honestly didn't. I'd heard of some people that had gotten sick and went to hospitals, but I didn't, you know. Personally, because a lot of people died early on. Right? Right. In the last six months, half a dozen people that I know, and and some of them are just Facebook friends or acquaintances, people I worked with, you know, in the past, years ago. And so it feels more real now that I'm seeing these like. You know, my friend, my friend Sean, uh, who also served in the Navy, and I saw the military, you know, the picture of the military funeral he was he was he was having, uh, and I'm like, okay, like this is more real for whatever it's, reason this it's time. Younger people is and that by what younger, it is? Younger, I mean, below sixty. Right, I mean, right. It so started, I just didn't know enough elderly people before. Well, we did, but you know what? I feel like people were kind of like, well, I mean, you know, when you're eighty or not. They were elderly, and you kind of expect older people. It's not so you shocking. When justify they, it. It's not shocking when they die. You can justify it. You're 88 you years old. It. It's not a tragedy. No offense. Uh, well, it is a tragedy if it's your father or right, grandfather. But 88 years but old, I'm just like, mm, you had a hell of a life. It's, Congratulations. It's not shocking. Right. It's shocking when your you're friend dies. 42 years old. When your friend's child dies yeah. or when someone's husband dies. So that's the shocking part, and that's what we're seeing now. It's not the older people. Because they're all vaccinated. Right. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm, it's like every day, you know, mm-hmm. I see another. Yeah, it's now it's know, our age group. Message of somebody and, yeah. you know, the, a family member or, or like I mentioned, my friend Cedric, who p- posted a picture in the ICU with oxygen. Pray for me. It's been 10 days in the yeah. ICU. And I'm like, Cedric was NBA athlete. He's in great shape. You know, he's, you know, it works matter. out. It, uh, Delta you know, doesn't yeah, care. Doesn't matter. I'll give you a small thing, right? 20 years ago today, you could walk down to the gate at the airport and wave as your friends or family members boarded the airplane and backed away from the gate. Yeah, Miranda's like, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. I, I would that. visit my sister in Florida every year. She would always meet me at the gate. Meet you at the gate, your friends it, and family. You got, yeah. Oh yeah, the minute you walked out, you walk you off like, the plane. Hey! They'd be like, "Hey!" People yeah. waving at you and stuff. Oh yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, just to hear about it. Just to hear about what what life used to be like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you still had to show your your boarding pass and stuff, but you didn't have to get X rayed mm-hmm. to get on the airplane. I, I used to travel to Virginia every year to see my my family out there with my older brother and. Just you bringing that up made me think I can remember one year being able to walk up with my parents to the gate, and then a couple of years later, it was just me and my brother on our own. Right, right. I hadn't thought about that until now. I was, I was nine, ten at the time. It's a small thing. Please don't get me wrong, but a new poll out there says a lot of us, a lot of us, 9-11 was the day that 
permanently change things. Two-thirds of registered voters polled say it permanently changed. In So in comparison to COVID, 50%. I was trying to think, if you think in U.S. history, 240-plus years of history, right? 9-11, the Civil War? I mean, I, what else rises to that level? Pearl Harbor? Maybe? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the way that it just Probably fundamentally changed. But did, did Pearl Harbor change every American's life? I don't I don't know. Well, it was, I think it did. It was Everybody close was to home. Yeah, effort. it was, oh, my gosh. I mean, there were submarines, too, during the war in our War waters II and- lasted four years. Five yeah. years. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I just, mean, like, yeah. it was over and done. Everybody's back, and then right. and happy days are here war, again. Right? We have yeah. a... We have a a thing about war. Sure. That we know what it means. Th- that was the thing about nine eleven. It was the unknown. We were like, "What? What just happened? We we couldn't believe it happened here." That I think that was so much of it that we were shocked. We now have a permanent surveillance state. You know, uh, we we now have a permanent security theater, if you will. You know, we put armed people everywhere. Why? Because terrorism, you know, uh, uh, this, it may happen, you know, so we have to do everything. Um, Take your shoes off at the airport. The the entire TSA, for goodness sakes, is part of that. That things change permanently. But I do think it was also a bit of a mindset changed. I think 9-11, and I don't, I'm not going to say this is a good thing. I think it it, it made Americans afraid. Yeah, I think, and and I think for twenty years, a lot of people have been scared, just scared. And while I can understand it, I don't share in it, and I don't like it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I I think "scared" is a harsh word. I would say alert. I would say on alert. Right. I would say more cautious. Mm -hmm. You know, where we we were careful. I mean, life was good, right? We're Americans, and then all of a sudden, it became. You know, we maybe. Felt like our brothers and sisters in Europe, right? Like, uh oh, well, this is happening. More aware of what happens elsewhere, right? right? If you see something, say something. Yeah, how did that ever turn out, right? I love the when they used to say, be vigilant. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. The hell does be vigilant mean? Let's face it, if you saw a knapsack lying on the street somewhere, you'd call police immediately. Yeah, but nobody does that anymore. Yeah, well, it's been 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, nobody does it anymore. I think. People still do. We still have those false alarms, but it. I I was well, much again, more vigilant. A false alarm. People are scared. People are afraid, mm-hmm. and not for a legitimate reason right. because they are not finding knapsack bombs on street corners every day. It doesn't happen like that. Yeah, I think um, the word for me it was everything being locked. What do you everything mean? Everything just locked. You know, school. Everything just became. Getting like into hardened, your office, yeah, yeah. Every, it was like I said, we were more carefree. It was more open. You could walk into school. Everything you go shut go down. go pick up your kids at school. Just walk in, yeah. go down to the classroom. See, Ms. I mean, of course, school shootings didn't help that either. But yeah. that was the first thing was nine eleven. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the big. We all just hunkered down, right? We didn't know what, and you know, for months, maybe years, we we expected another. We expected something else. I mean, it wasn't. We were told. That's why it was hanging over our heads, I felt like, for such a long time. Like, what, when is it going to happen again? Another thing, and I would say this I think in the aftermath, the years following, when you talk about 
two-thirds of Americans say 9-11 permanently changed life in the U.S. I think it also undermined faith and trust in institutions. An example. Almost everyone took at face value, almost everyone, that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. We had to go in and... and mm-hmm. When it turned out that was not true, when it turned out that that was exaggerated, it was a failure of intelligence, whatever it was, whether it was purpose, what, I think it, it, it started this bigger erosion of you can't trust any of these SOBs to tell you the truth. And that erosion exists today. I, 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 listen, and so how people are those people going to keep us safe? Right. People didn't love politicians or this, that, and the other. I just don't think we all thought they were lying SOBs right. before. Do you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. It, it jaded us and made us. And that's not an R or D thing. Thank you. pessimists about yeah. everything. Yeah. About everything. Yeah. Well, be, because we were afraid. It goes back to you, you know, that, that's exactly what terrorism is right instilling fear and then it just permeates to every part of your life i ref- i refuse to live my life i think you touch more and it makes you skeptical of everything yeah i was just thinking is that kind of this maybe the second big event after the kennedy assassination in terms of conspiracy theory starting up and becoming rampant dude i think 9-11 invented conspiracy theory it took them to the next level yeah yeah there's always been people that thought you know the second shooter the grassy knoll the kennedy thing you know said we didn't land on the moon or whatever yeah but they were seen as crackpots after 9-11, I mean, there's an entire community of people that still think the buildings was a controlled demolition. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, the, 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 it's more than just a few crackpots. It's a hell of a lot of tinfoil going on around out there. Hey, there's still time for our criminal of the day. All right? Make it a little bit local. How's that? Always look for those stories, right? I got to give a shout out to Marina Verbitsky of Lincoln Park. Who, in all fairness, was at least wearing her mask at the airport. Allegedly, Verbitsky and her family were running a bit behind when they arrived at the airport in Florida. It took forever to check the luggage. The TSA line was insane. And by the time she got to her plane, it had already pulled away and was headed to take off. Obviously disappointed at missing her flight. Did Marina A. Ask to be rebooked on the next available flight? B. Take it as a sign and head back to Disney World. Or C. Scream profanities at the gate agents and claim she'd put a bomb in her checked luggage. <laughs> of course it was C. And after uh-huh. the plane returned and was evacuated and no bomb found, Verbitsky was arrested and charged with falsely reporting a bomb. She gave us an excuse concerned that her son would miss school. But then again, he would have had to self-quarantine after traveling according to the rules. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So for threatening to blow up the plane in an effort to get on that same plane, you, Marina Verbitsky, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent or found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Happy Friday. We're going to jump into the 6 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Why don't you kick us off? The NFL is back and back with a bang. Tom Brady in classic fashion, leading the Buccaneers to a field goal, two-minute drive, topping the Cowboys 31-29. got to wait until Sunday night for the Bears to play against the Rams, but Rob Martier will have the preview for you at 6.30. Judy? I can't stand Brady. He's like 73 years old, too. He is easy on the eyes. Here we go. 
All right. Well, it's going to cost you more if you refuse to wear a mask while flying or if you take it a step further and cause a ruckus on board. Uh, airlines tired of all the problems. Push the government for stiffer fines, Bruce. So you better settle down when you fly. Yeah, I'll work on that. Um, while you were sleeping, uh, the Illinois House approved an energy policy overhaul, which is just a really nice way of saying we're going to be bailing out ComEd to the tune of nearly $700 million so that they keep the nuclear power plants open as they threaten to shut them down if we didn't hand over taxpayer dollars. How nice of them, all right? So uh, yesterday, we had, we knew ahead of time a little bit of what was going to come on. Uh, President Biden was going was gonna to take to the airwaves and announce some, well, some pretty dramatic stuff, including this... Um, mandatory vaccination for federal workers and the government being the largest employer uh in in the united states that's a, a pretty big deal okay stop screaming at your radio um yeah I, you know what can i tell you that i think here's this is the frustrating part in all of this 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 stopped being about public health and safety six months ago a year ago a year, I, I don't know exactly when, about the time the vaccine showed up, I would say, or talk of it. This is about politics now. And the people who refuse to get a vaccine, there's literally nothing that Joe Biden could say that would not only move them to get it, it I think it further entrenches them not to. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just, I, I see him give these speech, and I'm like, I think he'd be better off saying nothing. Anybody moved by that? There's no way, right? I mean, just be honest. There's absolutely no way. Well, there have been stories of people getting vaccinated in secret, so they're not shamed by their family or friends, I right. guess. It's become, a, it's become a political with. statement. Yeah, it's a political yeah. so, statement. We're the only country in the enough. world, by the way, that this is a political statement, yeah. your vaccination status. Yeah. And it's frustrating and disappointing. Because I don't think it has anything to do with politics. But this also gets into just a fundamental, fundamental argument. Are you in it for yourself? Or are you in it for the greater community, the greater good? If anybody was unclear, we're in it for ourselves. <laughs> That's, and so trying to change the fundamental mindset, good luck. Coming from a politician, Good luck. Well, I think we're past that, actually, because I think these new mitigations say that. Okay, now you don't want to get vaccinated. That's fine. You're not yeah, going to get to go anywhere. We're going to make it hard you're, on yeah, Exactly. You you're, you might lose your job. So, Which I just yeah. think further pushes them down but the road. What's the, but what's the, uh, what else can you do? Okay, let's say we do nothing. Let's say the government stops. Everything's done. No more vaccines. You want a vaccine, you're going to have to pay for it now. Now what happens? As we thin the, the herd. But you're thinning the herd that's all that's doing the right thing too, in terms of what the government wants. It's already vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, and you're what not going to die. The kids, you're not going to die. That is something. So, would the kids' numbers change? Did you know? Do you care that COVID cases amongst children to the point that they have been admitted to a hospital is at its highest level ever? In August alone, 30,000 children were admitted to hospitals for treatment of COVID. 
is the difference between elderly people dying in uh, nursing homes or kids dying, does that change the calculus? Well, I would think so, and because it's much more shocking when a child dies, and they can't be, they're not vaccinated. They can't get the vaccine yet. So they're not they're not giving each other COVID. They're getting it from adults who maybe aren't vaccinated, right? That, that's how it's, it's being spread around. And, and they don't have a choice. They can't get vaccinated yet. Hey, Joe. Hey there, Bruce. Good morning. Happy Friday. Hey. Happy Friday. Um, I text you in all the time and try to call. I, lo- I love you guys, actually. Oh, I, I didn't expect to like it. Love it. Um, but I think Biden is a lunatic. And also, it's not like a, for me, the anti-vax or whatever, it's just, I like support everybody that wants to get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it is beneficial. I'm 30 years old. I do construction. I've been working this entire, whatever, 18 months. Right. You never and, you never uh, stayed home, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've never stayed home. I mean, I'm not like a big bar scene guy or nothing like that. Right. But yeah, I just go to work, live my normal life. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I'm really not going to get one. I just won't. And, uh, yeah. So and here's so here's my question to you, Joe. And I and I, I again appreciate you calling. Let's, let's have the discussion, if you will. Um, if it gets to the point, and you're starting to hear about this, you can't walk in a restaurant. Possibly couldn't get on an airplane. Uh, where there's already some airlines around the world that require vaccination. Would it get to the point that life got so? I'm going to use the term difficult, uncomfortable, whatever it might be. That Would that ever force you to say, all right, you know, geez, if I want to go down to the Applebee's, for Christ's sakes, they're going to make me show proof of vaccination. Is there a tipping point for people? I honestly don't know the answer. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Because uh, it seems like it's headed that direction. Flying. Flying's got to be you a big one. You think flying would be a uh, well, big one? I mean, if you want to go anywhere on vacation, usually you fly somewhere and it's fun, right? You're going somewhere fun. Yeah, I think that would be the mm. tipping point. What about you, Joe? So, yeah, for for me and my brother, we were just talking, and I guess if I have to go to Jewel Asco to get my <laughs> essential food, and then they don't allow me in, then uh, that might be the thing. But yeah. but I'm still not going to get it. Then I'm just going to become that unhinged lunatic that moves up north at my dad. And I'll just, you know, I'm a hunter. I'll I, I'm not gonna, live on the land. Joe, Hold can on. I ask you why you're not getting it? Just not getting it, because America's supposed to be free. The science, like, I know, Judy, I'll text you guys and stuff, but, like, the truth is, the science is so wavering and so... Mm, so you're afraid, you're, it's, it's a... You, truly, you think your health is, is af- at risk? Are you afraid? Is that what it is? I'm not really afraid. I just, it's the, it's the freedom, it's choice. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. That's what it is for a lot of people. Hey, Joe, so you guys have a great day. No, I appreciate you, you calling. Oh, be be safe on the site today. All right. All right. And he's uh, been working there the whole thing. Too. Uh, yeah. And well, you know people what, that have been working, especially construction, they're working more. But Joe's a good, it's, this is a good point because there are so many people like him who've gone through all these 15 months. They're fine. And, and so like, it's it's confirmation bias. Yes, I've made it, it this is, far without yes, it. Why it, would I need something now? Exactly. I, and I, I, you know, I or mean, I've had it. I've had it, and I'm and, and, and I'm, that's the, I'm done. But isn't that the frustrating part when you see these uh, people in hospitals saying, "Gee, I, but you know, yes. I was fine until I wasn't." 
I think there's a fair amount of people, Joe might fall into that category, that just don't like being told what to do. I I, I don't disagree, which is why Biden telling people, I don't think it moves any of these people. President Trump got booed last month. telling When he said that, and he's vaccinated. And and the people who are the most loudest at telling you not to get vaccinated are all vaccinated. (laughs) Just just so we're clear. The ones who are are chanting from the top of the mountain all got the shot the minute that they could, without a doubt. Hey, good morning. A happy Friday. Appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you very much. It's Bruce. It's Judy. Brett in for DJ Cheese. And I think I know it to be true, even if not from firsthand knowledge. I was just going to say, do you though, Bruce? I'm led to believe it's more expensive to eat healthy than it is to eat junk food. Yes. That's That's true. That is true. It costs a lot more. It is does. that just like because you're shopping at Whole well, Foods? Well, I was just going to say, I think it's it's probably both. It's that it's something that people want, right? They want to eat healthier, so they're going to charge you more. But it's also, it costs more, I guess, to have healthy food. To make, to, you don't really make it, right? You grow it and you sell it. But it's got to be, you know, to mass produce something, it's just cheaper, right? You can, well, when you ask people, literally in a poll, 60% of us agree with that statement. It is expensive yeah to we eat agree healthy. because we yeah i i can tell you mm-hmm. anecdotally that i mean i go shopping and yes the healthier stuff costs more fruits vegetables um yeah, non-processed i you mean know, 79 uh, cent pack of mac and cheese can feed a family of four right uh but you know if you throw some eggplant in there at 4.99 a pound <laughs> really that's what eggplant's but, going oh, for yeah, yeah. I have no concept of what an eggplant costs. If you, <laughs> if we would have played that game, four ninety nine, I would have guessed every other number on the planet before I got to four dollars and ninety nine cents for eggplant. There's no all, idea what an eggplant costs. I, I, have you ever seen one? Can you identify an eggplant? Is that the one that's purple on the outside? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I can get yeah. that. Like grimace, I won't eat it. <laughs> it does look like. How come I didn't discuss that grimace eggplant. is an eggplant? Good that's point. Exactly what he is. He's in that shape, right? He's an absolutely eggplant with arms. an eggplant. Ugh. Um, it. I think it's a convenient excuse as well, though. Let's be honest. And some of it, though, is driven by where you live. Have you heard about these food deserts before? Well, yeah, we have them. We we have, have them here yeah, in Chicago. Go, go where, to, yeah, the worst, the poorest neighborhoods have no grocery stores, or the it's grocery sad. stores they have don't sell healthier food. Right? Yeah. I think you can make healthier decisions. Like yes. I started reading the the back, uh, you know, it's your thing. Stop looking at the front of the box and read the back, the you know. And, the, yeah. and so I've I've taken to doing that as just trying to be healthier. Looking at well, how much sugar is in this? How many carbs are in the? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, calories, whatever it might I, be. I, I call it. Um, I try to eat cleaner. Okay. I so yeah. I don't. And I make dinner. You know. And it's starting right there. I don't go out and and buy fast food. Yeah. So instead of going to you know KFC, I make chicken at home. So I go out and buy and it's chicken and I it's not fried and it doesn't have all the you know mm-hmm. the coatings and the sugar whatever on it. Or you know I, a salad. I make my own salad. I don't make my own potatoes. As someone who's who struggled with weight though, I I can help people with this, and I mean this honestly. You can make better decisions. I, I give you an example. I don't know if you've heard or not, but I like chicken nuggets. I like them a lot. <laughs> My three. Fa- By the way, those are not healthy. Just so two you favorite know. foods: chicken nuggets and chicken strips. Okay, so I found 
the unbreaded or very lightly breaded chicken nuggets, and they're like 30% less calorie, all this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. They're still chicken nuggets. I like them. When I go to Chick-fil-A, I get the naked one. They make the unbreaded chicken nuggets. Mm Mm-hmm. There's nothing bad in them. It's strictly protein. There's no breading on it and you know, fried and this, that, and the and other. The grilled, I'm grilled a, ones. Yeah, I'm going to go with that's chicken, too. When you buy chicken, chicken. nuggets. What's in um, those? Probably some what part of the chicken. What part of the chicken is the nugget? If I don't think I want to know. Well, you look at the ingredient. Know. Look, when you see the word rib, I like it. Really put it down. So one of the things is I, I try um, not to eat food that's handed to me through the window of the car. Just as a kind of, I, I try not to do that because I realize that can be bad for you. So what do you do? Park and go in? I do park and go in. So, uh, yeah. Shout out to White Castle. I, um, oh, I love White Castle. But Burger King, Burger King recently announced something which is a little bit odd in and of itself. <laughs> okay. When I read that, and I, I'm a, I'm, I worked at Burger King when I oh, was Oh, you were a crew member at Burger yeah, King. I Look was. at that back in the day. So I'm kind of partial to Burger King. And I Got know it. that they do how they cook their burgers because I work there. So they do. They're flame broiled, they're are they flame not? Flame broiled. So I heard it's a rumors little, of that. A little bit better than being fried, I guess. But it was interesting to me when Burger King announced that it was going to um, start banning as many as 120 artificial and potentially harmful ingredients from its menu items. All part of its ongoing commitment what? to serve. We're going to do that food. now. In other I'm words, like, we I have eating? been doing it before. Right? <laughs> huh. What? We're we're going to start banning harmful items from our food. But this goes back Welcome to, to Burger King. Mass produce, mass producing something. And you know, yeah. go back to your chicken nuggets. I love them. You could make them at home. It is more time. I don't have any that's idea how to make nuggets. I, that's that's magic. There's like yeah. elves involved. <laughs> I thought the same of the Subway ad campaign a couple of years ago that they're now using 100% whole chicken breast. And you were like, what the hell were you using before? Right. Exactly. Oh, don't no. even get me started on the tuna fish. Yeah, Why are you admitting tuna? it? Tuna fish contains no tuna. Oh my gosh. Right? You could be allergic to tuna fish and eat the Subway tuna sandwich. <laughs> You'd be perfectly okay. <laughs> Wouldn't be a problem whatsoever. Now, shockingly, tuna is one of those things in a can that is, in all the books I've read, healthy eating is okay. It's actually, they recommend that. Really? You're good eating and chicken out of a can. I don't really understand it, but. Processed chicken? Well, I guess. I eat tuna fish right out of a can. I just pop the top and drain the water and eat tuna fish out of a can. Okay, those Vienna sausages, no. Anything anything with the word sausage in it. Don't tell me Vienna sausages aren't good for you. That's a health food okay, as far as I'm concerned. The first time yeah. I heard hot dog, what hot dogs are made of, I really, I just it does stop to you from eating. I wanted to leave the earth. I... You might think the world is coming to an end. All hell is breaking loose. Things are on fire. It's a dumpster fire floating through the flood, right? Me? It's football season! <laughs> yes! I'm excited for goodness sakes. You know who else is excited? Our very own sports guru, Rob Bartier. Rob, good morning. How about that opener last night? Oh. The Bucks and the Cowboys. Wow. Oh, so excited for foosball. It is back. Oh. Uh, I, I just feel like I, I don't know why. This this season, and maybe it's because of everything we've gone through. Yeah, I was going to say, does it feel I, I, like yeah. more exciting? Even more exciting, yeah, mm-hmm. because it gives me a complete distraction. Uh, and by distraction, I mean my miserable fantasy football team. Anyway, I'm speaking to, again, Rob Martier. Now, Rob, we also have, hey, a little more near and dear to our hearts. I know, hey, Friday, 
big uh, high school football night. Good luck to uh, uh, mm-hmm. teams mm-hmm. out there. And tomorrow, U of I, they've got another game. Although, I got to tell you, a little disappointed in last week, Rob. Oh, last You know what? Let's just forget about last Let's forget week. about it. Okay, we've moved on. Yeah, let's pretend it didn't happen. Uh, let's fast forward to tomorrow in Charlottesville, Virginia. It's going to be a tough place to play for the Fighting Illini when they take on uh, the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, not a whole lot of history between these two teams. In fact, they've only played each other twice, ever. And it was in two bowl games. Illinois won both of those back in the 90s. So there's really yeah, there's... not a whole lot to go on when these two teams play. Um, but it's going to be tough for the Fighting Illini tomorrow because the Cavaliers, uh, they roll four quarterbacks. They've got two what you would call traditional quarterbacks, and then they've got these two hybrid guys. Um, so That seems unfair. They should just have to play one quarterback. That does not matter. Right, I know. I know. <laughs> but, you know, it's like cheating. It is cheating. But when you say they haven't, they've only played them twice, does that really matter? Do you really need no. to know your your team? In, in well, they played them in the 90s. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, I'm saying yeah, the players gonna, weren't like, even born. Just as a football <laughs> team, when you're going to play another team, do you look at that team and their weaknesses and what they have and what they don't have? I mean, that's part I of the mean, game, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it would be nice if there was a familiarity there with playing in Charlottesville, Virginia, which is a very tough barn to play in. And yeah, so, yeah, I mean, if they had played them, you know, more, that would be better. Um, but who knows? I mean, for the fighting line, the way they played last week, this, this might be a good thing, um, not knowing your opponent as well. But they've got plenty of game film that they've watched, and they'll be ready to go tomorrow, hopefully a win. Um, so let's pivot. The, the Illini headed to Virginia, taking on the Cavs. Uh, uh, we wish them the best of luck. Um, first away game. First road game. Uh, we'll see how they react. Uh, again, hostile environment to a certain extent. And yeah, playing Art a decent. He's going to start a quarterback, by the way. Who is? Art Sitkowski. He's going to make his second start at quarterback. Brandon right. Peters, uh, game time decision, still nursing that non throwing uh, injured left shoulder. Uh, he will be with the team and uh, most likely available to play, but he's not going to start. All right. Well, I like the name for the quarterback, so I think they're going to do well. There is that. Yeah. <laughs> By names power. alone, right? Power, yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, I think one thing headed into this Chicago Bears season and the question mark, the 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 focus has been on the quarterback position the whole time, right? Yeah, I mean, this is the story we've we've beaten it to death, but it really is a compelling storyline for the Bears, and it's a fun debate because, uh, as I've heard it said, you got Justin Fields for the next 15 years, not the first 15 minutes of their season. Um, but as we've discussed, Bruce, look, if the wheels start falling off the Bears, we're going to see Justin Fields a lot sooner than maybe people think. You know what? Let me just say, poor. Andy Dalton, okay? Mm, give, the guy, give the guy a chance. No. He's had chances before. That's I the thing. I thought he won. Didn't he mm. win a lot of games? Mm. Yeah. Not sure important ones. It's like nobody even cares. You're just, everyone's, you know, gaga over Justin Fields, yes. including me a little bit. But now, now I always like the, now he's the underdog to me. Poor Andy Dalton. The poor guy, I hear him talking, he's like, listen, I know everyone's rooting for Justin Fields, but I got to go out there and do my job. 
He does. Yeah, well, okay, well, that's what he's him, being paid let, to do. Let's see what he does this Sunday, right? You know what? And Judy, actually, I, I think you're hitting on something there. This might actually be a good thing for Andy Dalton to have this sort of motivation to go out and play well. And, hey, look, if it works and the Bears are winning, more power to him. Keep Dalton in there. Absolutely. I'm all for it. Really? Um, but really, but, do you believe that, Rob? Do you think that if I, I feel like anything this guy does, it's not going to be enough. Even if he wins no, the game, I, the first not be interception, yep. you know, the oh, first fumble, everyone's yeah, going to focus I, on all his. Yeah, his I think issues. there's a certain measure of that. Without it, but he's semi used to that. His last couple of years in Cincinnati were like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it, 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 winning cures a lot of things, mm-hmm. and people can look the other way. The Bears ugly, ugly wins <laughs> are better than pretty right? losses. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. It'll yeah. be interesting. The, the, the Bears are headed to Los Angeles. It's going to be the first game, I guess, with fans in that new stadium in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be interesting. It, I'm, you know, Anytime there's a new stadium, I'm going to assume it's going to be, if not sold out, close to sold out. And a lot of people, I'm just going to say this, think the Rams... Might be the best team in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. And I've got to go back and look. Maybe our intrepid producer, uh, Brett Gogol, has his finger on the pulse of this. But I think all of the lines for Sunday's games, I don't know if there's a double-digit line on any of the games, meaning that there's not one team out there that's a double-digit favor over another team. Mm. So you talk about parity in the NFL. That That's incredible uh, to start off the season. So, you know, if you're a fan of a team, your team has a chance. They're in the game. You know, hey, right. everybody, uh, that's how everybody except for the season. Cowboys have a winning season as of right now. <laughs> right. And I love yeah, to rub that in on Cowboys fans. Yeah. Right? That is fantastic. Hey, Rob, we appreciate it. We're going to talk to you all during the season, though, not only uh, uh, about the Bears and keeping up with the soap opera that that season could very well be- become, but also uh, U of I, uh, which you are obviously steeped in here. And we're going to be yeah. carrying that game here on WLS. You got it. Yeah, looking forward to it, guys. As I like to say, oh, Rob. Thank oh, you. Rob. Appreciate it. He's a WLS Sports guru, Rob Martyr. Brett and I are the the football fanatics around here. We're the idiots. Wow, I didn't yeah. notice. That, that have the, Just so know, the listeners understand, every break, we they're talk talking about, about third their, string running their backs. pretend teams yeah. they have. I, I can't very confirm. Very interesting to listen to. To Rob's report, there is no double-digit favorite okay. in the NFL this week. The Bears are the third biggest underdog, though. Okay. Uh, Rams are favored by seven and a half points. But that, I mean, it, it's tough to go on the road anyway. Because the Rams are probably a much better team. Well, and I think Rob said maybe the best team. Possibly. Some people are picking the Rams to be in the Super Bowl. So oh, we shall yeah, find yeah, out. It'll be familiar, though. You'll the season see. just started last night, and we're already we already have a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl predictions. Oh, you'll, you'll, you'll see Matt Stafford, who the Bears are familiar with. We talked familiarity Rams with, Chiefs. with the Illini. Rams Chiefs. You know Super what? Bowl as long as it's not Brady, I'm good. <laughs> I don't, if he wins another Super didn't, Bowl, it I'm didn't, done. It didn't turn out well for you last night, as, again... <laughs> Barely. Hardly any time on the clock. Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. Oh, God. It is frustrating as hell with him, to say the least. All right. Good morning. It's Bruce, Judy, and a newlywed amongst us, as far as I'm concerned, B-Rep. Brett, how long ago did you get married? July 31st. Oh, you are a newbie. Yeah. So you are, you're going to be my barometer as we try to understand this out there. So I admit 
that, uh, first off, I try not to attend weddings. I think I've mentioned this before. I have a recurring nightmare that I am invited to a wedding, and I show up, and you're sitting there. You're, like, minding your own business, and there's some sort of clerical error, and something happens. And I end up getting married by accident. And so... <laughs> yeah, that's always a clerical error. <laughs> I try not to even attend. I don't even want to be... It's... it's. I'm, I've had this nightmare more than once. Um, I would interpret that nightmare as you want to get married. Really? Yeah. You're mm. marrying all your friends' mm. girlfriends. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Um, but if and when I've been invited to them, you're still kind of required to give a gift, send a gift... And I've always thought it was a little odd, the whole registry thing. I just, this whole, like, here's my shopping list, go out and shop for me. It does feel a little weird. It is, but it does make it so much easier, right? So they, mean, it's so you don't get four blenders, right? Or, yeah, or avocado yeah. slicers. How many of those do you need? Zero. Yeah. So Zero. <laughs> you and your uh, lovely bride, Brett. You obviously, you, you did, did you do the registry thing? Yeah, did the registry, Amazon, and Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay. And everyone loved the Amazon one because everyone's got Amazon Prime, so it's free shipping. And the stuff just showed up at your house. Yeah, we just continually had packages showing up at our house for probably it was like four Christmas. months. Yeah. For your wedding gift. Correct. Yes. For the wedding okay. gift. That's the way I've always done it. Oh, no, no. Judy lives family. on an alternate planet. Yeah, cash only. We, I, when I'm I, never in my life time... giving cash to a bride and groom. Oh, my God. Never. Ever. What? I, envelopes only, thank you. What is this? A mafia wedding? <laughs> no, it's I, just, the only, the only time I've what? ever seen that is in The Godfather. It's just it's how it's your culture, right? I'm you're you're Polish, and that's what we do, and I think other cultures as well. Um, we only gave cash, and let me tell you, when I got married, and the first time I got a gift at my it came to my door, I was like, "What is this?" I literally had to ask my husband, "Why is your family sending us gifts?" I that was foreign to me. Really? Yes. So we didn't get that many wedding. We got a lot of shower gifts, I know, off our registry. But at the actual wedding, yeah, we had a, a big, huge box filled with envelopes. And then you know what you do. Nick, are you with me on this? Is, is that mm-hmm. what happened? Then, you know, I don't know, on your honeymoon or a couple nights later or whenever, actually, we might have done it the same night. <laughs> you Then you sit in bed and you open all your envelopes. Mm-hmm. And all Keep the a list of who out. gave what. And so not only that, my right. family, not even checks. Actual cash. Yeah, this is a mafia wedding. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, according to these uh, websites that, that track these things, though, you don't have to be Polish and be getting married to want cash. And more and more newlyweds are asking for cash. I thought this was an interesting way. So here's the ask. It's our honeymoon fund. Mm-hmm. Don't just give us money. Donate to the honeymoon fund. Or you know what you can do? Take it a step further and you can get on their honeymoon, you can pay for one of their excursions. Really? Yep. And here's the hmm. newest one. I kind of, okay, Brett. see, I like that. You know, I'm about experiences. Yeah. I kind of like so that. So there you go. You can do like a, a day of scuba diving. Right. Or yeah. yeah they but, list them what they want to do. Really? Brett, let me ask you this. I'm ready. Do you have a, a house fund? No, we had a honeymoon fund, but people barely touched that it was people it just, was all gifts yeah no it was, That's it still was too new it was honestly mostly cash but people just gave us cash or checks rather than contributing to the, to honeymoon the specific fund. honeymoon fund yeah. and was that online the yes. honeymoon fund yep yeah. it was and now, now they have a picture. it's like a GoFundMe for your honeymoon yes and they have a picture of a house now fund their first house i still owe my wife a honeymoon 
I won't get into the story, oh but there were some problems. So you're still married? And it, it never was happened. a clerical error. There was a mixed <laughs> up. Was Bruce God. in your dream? Did he mess your wedding up? We never, and we never went on a honeymoon. Oh yeah. my goodness! I'm gonna. We're friends on Facebook. I'm gonna ask her about that story because I. Yeah. We might have to have her on you to explain about your now? honeymoon. When you finally do it, you're gonna have to get married again. You're gonna have to have those uh, exchange your vows. No, uh, no I'm trying to help here. You can now donate to Nick Gale's honeymoon fund. You can, <laughs> yeah. you, can uh, you know, help late, Nick. Sure. How long ago did you get married, Nick? Oh, six years, seven years. Okay, all right. Like well, I guess twenty. Still in the honeymoon era. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. not, yeah. Kind of like that. Uh, no, the, <laughs> the honeymoon's <laughs> over. No comment. <laughs> the honeymoon's over because she it never listens. happened. Nick, she listens. Come I know on. She does. <laughs> I love you, honey. <laughs> Girlfriend, um, I would push that honeymoon. Well, a lot of uh, this is interesting also because I think a lot of people have been uh, delaying or uh, postponing weddings in general. Mm-hmm. And, right. and I, I get a sense like it's so hard to plan. Six months in it. Does anybody know what the world's going to look like in six months? You see what I'm saying? I'm, like going, a year to, from I'm now? going to a wedding in December in Chicago. Really? So I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. My nephew. I'm trying to. Remember. You only have one. No, this is another one. Oh, okay. This is from my half brother. Oh, okay. So it's a half nephew? Right. That's not I a would, thing, I is it? I would just say nephew. He's yeah. my nephew. He's your nephew. He's getting married in December. And I thought, it, again, I got the invitation, and it was kind of, oh, people are doing this. Oh, <laughs> this, yeah. this is happening. Like, I, I don't uh, have the invitation yet, but I got the save the date. Save Another the new date. thing. Yeah, I don't need to it's go. It's like a postcard, and wow, I'm just, it's so much wedding work now. It's, yeah. These kids. I am a little bit worried about going right. to this wedding now. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. I might, I might, yeah, we'll see. Oh, you got, it's your nephew. You're not going to go to it, his is wedding? It a, is it a destination wedding? No. It, well, oh, if okay, the destination's yeah. Washington, D.C., as no, long as okay, that's, that's the... Uh, yeah, I don't have to go to... Uh, I, I would be more inclined if it was some sun right. right. I, right. I, I don't get invited I'm to like, those what? weddings. I got to go to Washington, D.C. in December? Don't do me the favor, yeah. you know? Goodness, <laughs> friends like you couldn't get married in Turks yeah. and Caicos, exactly. for goodness sakes. Oh, my God. Who are you people? I need to have a talk with my nephew now that we bring this up. Plus, December... So December. I uh, same with me. It's cold. I I kind of do love uh, their beautiful winter weddings. But now I have to figure out. Now you guys have, have made me think I'm supposed to give them cash. Okay, so what's the over under? How much cash do you give? Two hundred. You have to give enough to at least cover your meal, and then you got to put more on top of that. That's how we used to figure. How am I supposed to know I'm how much you, the, the going, meal costs? The going cost? rate is the going 200. rate is two bills. One fifty to two. Uh, uh, Brett, being the one who's actually been married in this decade uh, recently. We pay. Can you give a, can you give us an over under on the cash? What kind of give me an average? What is the average uh, gift amount you got? An average that we received, I'd probably say one fifty. One fifty on yeah. average. Yeah. Okay, so two's going to put me in good standing. I'm going on my own experience. I got married a long time ago, and we mostly got a hundred dollars. Yes, but this was Which? a mafia wedding. We've already identified this. <laughs> there was a Godfather <laughs> sitting there. People kept walking up with ch- with envelopes and handing them to him. Come on. Right. You know, the Polish mafia, come on. All in unmarked bills. Obviously. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Very good. In unmarked bills. Absolutely. At the big stories that people are talking about. Judy, you can start. Well, if you refuse to wear a mask while flying, it's going to cost you, and by that I mean more money. If you take it a step further and you cause a ruckus on board a plane, yeah, that's going to cost you more money, too. 
airlines tired of all the problems push the federal government for those stiffer fines bruce the los angeles school district will now require the vaccine for all students all 12 years old and up that may change as the fda is saying we may have approval for under 12 vaccines in november got it brett I do, and football is officially back. Yes. Great game last night between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. Tom Brady leading the Bucks to a last-drive field goal to win the game. Bears, they play Sunday night against the Rams. Always oh, a good Bears. game when the Cowboys lose. All right? Always, always, <laughs> always a good Eat game. Eat that, Brady. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know... Uh, but he looks had, really good. You had President Biden <laughs> yesterday speaking about um, uh, uh, a new mandate for... Federal workers, um, the military uh, edict came out a little while ago, a uh, vaccine mandate. We now know certain uh, businesses are taking this on. I thought the real interesting one yesterday was United Airlines right here in Chicago, um, which has a vaccine mandate for employees. Uh, they, they call them customer-facing employees, the people that actually deal with the public. Uh, and they allowed for religious exemptions. With the accommodation being, you can have your religious exemption. You just can't show up to work. Oh, and we're not going to pay you. You're on unpaid leave where you can apparently practice your religion however you choose. Just not getting a paycheck from us. This brings up a lot of issues. Joining us right now, an attorney at the Prins Law Firm is Christina Hines-Mesco. Christina, good morning. Thanks for being back on with us. Thank you, Bruce and Judy. Good morning. Good morning. This, this just strikes me as a whole can of worms. Can I start with something right off the bat? And it's a text, uh, uh, excuse me, a tweet I got regarding the United Airlines mandate. Is United Airlines saying that they are going to put people with a religious exemption on unpaid leave? Is it religious discrimination? Is it legal? If the employer has evaluated this problem or this, you know, this this issue and determined that it, the the least burdensome avenue for them to accommodate this religious exemption is to place these workers on unpaid leave, that is perfectly permissible. Um, what, of course, we want to see is consistency. So, are they treating other um, issues the same? So, if if someone has a medical exemption, for example. Um, that is prevents them from getting the vaccine. Are they also being placed on unpaid leave as mm. well as the last resort accommodation of of that issue? So as long as the employer is consistent, really that that will be the key determination as to whether there's actual discrimination going on. Of course, also are we are we treating all religious exemptions the same and not cherry picking and saying, well this. The Baptist can come to work or, you know, the, the, this guy can stay home. You know, as long as we're consistent, that, that really is the key in determining whether religious discrimination is going on in the workplace. Now, what about President Biden's plan to direct the Labor Department to require all businesses with, you know, like 100 more workers yeah. that they have to be yeah. vaccinated or tested? I mean, is that going to fly? Well, there, the, the courts um, will have the last say on that. <laughs> it might mm-hmm. take a little while. So what? What President Biden has asked uh, the Department of Labor to do is issue an emergency temporary standard through OSHA, um, which says that employers have to have employers with 100 or more employees must have their workers vaccinated 
or uh, have a weekly testing protocol in place in order to have them return to work. Um, it, the question really is whether the, you know, OSHA can make this rule. It's whether the, the ATS will produce a benefit, the costs of which are not unreasonable to the, to the, um, to the business. So the protection afforded to the workers should outweigh the economic consequences to the, to the regulated industry. That's really the, the standard. So I'm sure there will be a lot of litigation over whether this is permitted. I think um, it's a great opportunity, especially before these rules roll, roll out, for employers to take the affirmative step to put these pro plot policies into place. Um, sooner rather than later and do everything they can to encourage their workers to get vaccinated of their own accord, offer, you know, on-site vaccination, uh, bonuses, uh, you know, gift cards, whatever they possibly can to incentivize their, their workers to get, get the vaccine so they can report that they have compliance, at least if, if, to the extent that they can, you know, to, that all those workers that can be vaccinated are. We're talking to Christina Hines-Mesco, an attorney at the Prins Law Firm, uh, as these uh, mandates, requirements, uh, whatever you want to call them, are starting to roll out. And it it strikes me, Christina, and you know, we talked to you just a couple weeks ago, and uh, yeah. uh, it, it seems like the... the almost every day somebody goes a step further <laughs> you know what i'm saying every day it's like whoa uh the, you know we, we've gone from asking nicely to demanding do, do you know what i'm saying and now the penalties being attached to it as of now it strikes me that when it comes to things like the courts they've given pretty wide swath to businesses and government imposing a lot of this i haven't heard a lot of pushback from the courts is that true yeah, not yet that's true. I mean, not even from the Supreme Court. Right? Yeah. And, and there we were talking with the Indiana University case. We're talking about state actor, which is, you know, uh, given, um, you know, em private employers are treated differently sometimes. But uh, but I think that this is all in recognition of how serious uh, an issue this this really is for the public. And so um, I certainly think this is a, an effort, you know, of course, like Biden said, he didn't didn't want to go down this road, I think, but now we're, now we have to get the big stick out, right? And, mm. and start finding employers, um, if they can't make their workers do what they need to do to protect the public health, which is get the vaccination or get tested weekly. And that will include fines, um, up to $14,000 I've heard for a violation. And then also the fact that this is being rolled out under OSHA will subject all, all of this, uh, this will now all be under the purview of OSHA's anti-retaliation and whistleblower statute, um, provisions, which gives an employee the ability to report on their employer if their employer's not abiding by these rules as well. Wow. So, yes, we're no more playing nice. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like those days are gone. Chris, yeah. oh, go ahead. And I'm just wondering, because uh, there's that, uh, the healthcare uh, issue too. I think he was saying 17 million healthcare workers now who, if they, right. if there's any Medicaid or Medicare involved, they also have uh, so they're, they're I, hanging I, the money over their right, heads. Saying you also need to be vaccinated. I guess, and it, I, to me, this all as you started with, it's going to be in the courts. And sometimes it takes a long time for these issues to be, you know, uh, meted out. Okay. I, do you think it's going to happen here, or is this because it's a matter of public safety going to happen quickly? I, I think it will happen rather quickly. Um, you know, I, I, I think. It, 
we'll see the results as we have already with the vaccine mandate uh, challenges that you know went very quickly up to the Supreme Court. Um, it's it's an emergency, obviously, and um, I think now, especially that the emergency use, we have a vaccine that's approved um, by the FDA, has full approval, the Pfizer vaccine. Um, the the uh, objections are becoming less and less. To, to full vaccination for workers. Christina, just quickly, I want to follow follow up on this. Again, this is Christina Hines-Mesco, an attorney at the Prince Law Firm, specializing in things like employment, employment law. How much recourse do employees have if your business comes out today and says, mandatory vaccination by October 1st? Is there recourse or is this a... Uh, like it or lump it? Well, it, you know, generally um, employers can require something. Like, employ, employers can make the rules for the workplace because not only, you know, do they have to protect their clients, they also have to protect their own workforce so they can run their business. Um, employers can require vaccinations as part of, of the legitimate health and safety requirements as long as they're job-related and consistent with business necessity. I think employers are going to have a hard time saying that the guy who works in IT remotely, you know, only remotely, never comes to the office. Maybe there, maybe he doesn't need a vaccine, but certainly your customer service agent that is, uh, you know, taking client orders in person will. In terms of what employees can do about it, if they, if they don't want to get the vaccine, uh, they have the opportunity to make a, an objection on um, for medical reasons. Of right. course, if they can't for some reason get the vaccine, you know, they can work with their healthcare provider to to provide that information to their employer and figure out an alternative accommodation. And then, of course, we talked about it a little bit, the religious accommodation perspective, where if for some reason they have a moral, you know, a bona fide moral objection, a, a religious objection because of a, a, a religious belief to receiving the vaccination, they can tell their employer this information and then the employer and the worker will engage in an interactive process yeah. to figure out what an appropriate accommodation will be for that. And for United uh, Airlines, so- that stay home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unpaid, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Christina, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Christina Hines-Mesco, an attorney at the Prince Law Firm. As these mandates are rolling out, what can, can't do, what is, isn't going to happen. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tied up in courts. There's no doubt about it. But as of right now, again, from the Supreme Court down, they've been very hesitant to wade into this and counteract a lot of the public safety measures out there. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Hey, you know, we podcast the show. If you missed any part, uh, you can go back and listen. Wherever, forever fine and mediocre podcasts are found, you can uh, you can find this. Yesterday, I thought we had a pretty amazing show with some great guests. Uh, and you can, uh, you can hear a discussion of uh, violence in the city of Chicago. You can hear about... Afghanistan, what it was like to be in Afghanistan from a, a civilian contractor, uh, just some amazing stuff. And we've got more coming up for you today. Actually, in just a little bit here, we're going to be talking to Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Myers about his Afghan experience and talk about the fact that there's still people trying to get out. You know, we've become accustomed, I think, to cameras damn near everywhere. It seems like you're under surveillance constantly. And every time there is anything involving law enforcement, there's either somebody filming them with a phone or the, the 
the body cam, right? But at least you kind of know you're being filmed, right? If somebody's holding, a, uh, yeah. somebody's holding their phone up in your face, they're probably filming you. If the officer has the body cam, uh, you know, on his on his chest or on his shoulder, you're being filmed. Or you could see it on, up on the light post yeah. or wherever they put it. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Ray-Ban. Ray-Ban. The sunglass people just came out with new sunglasses that have a tiny camera right in the embedded in the the frame i would call it do you know what i'm saying in the corner of the frame that allows the wearer by using their voice voice activated to just film was this a problem where why was this a solution this is a little nuts. So, in other words, the guy or girl you're talking to on the street corner or standing next to you wearing their sunglasses, because when you're cool, the sun always shines, could be recording you, could be filming everything. It's a little weird. Now, if you're in public, Supreme Court's already ruled, you have no right to privacy. But... Are these people going to take these glasses off when they go into private areas? Are they going to uh, stop recording all the time? That's, I think, the issue. You know what I'm saying? And I thought the issue also was when it's clear. Like, you can record someone when it's clear you're recording. Like, a lot, you know, in the news. But these aren't news people. These are private people. Right. But I have to ask, so why do I? That's Mm. what I'm saying. I I don't think there. As a private citizen, I could pull my iPhone out and I could stand on the corner down here and film people walking by. I don't have to ask for permission. I don't know that you could do that in secret. I, I well, I mean, I, is I it secret? Well, They're wearing their Ray-Ban video camera glasses. I don't know Ray-Bans. <laughs> well, and the worst part, the even more scary part of this is it's Facebook. It's not just Ray-Ban. So you get like Facebook Live Facebook. your life. Miranda, no, this, have you already Facebook ordered them? glasses. You know Honestly, I'm thinking about it, but if it's yeah. in a public space, you're allowed to record them. So. Yeah, in a public space, you can record people. You don't need to ask anything. So, Judy, Nobody has to be aware of it. Yeah, mm. you should assume in public that you can, you're being recorded. Okay, you have no well, right to privacy in public. But again, it, if you walked that, into And what are you going to do with it after you record that, it? Again? Maybe that's the problem when you post it. You can't. Sure you I can. Think, what do you, I don't I, know. Okay, what you, what well, you I don't know what you're unclear about. If a about. news crew comes up, they say, I mean, it's obvious you're going to be on the news. Yeah, but they don't. Right? Ha- when I was a news person, every interview I conducted, I had to say, is it okay if I record this? So when so when they're doing the perp walk and the guy's coming out of the jail, are they asking, is it okay if we record it's you? It's clear they're recording. It's clear you're being recorded I, that, I, they, with the news camera. That might be a policy or it might be a hope. It is not a law in any way, shape, or form. No, mm. not at all. You can secretly record people whenever you want in public. We've had Miranda or Joey recording us all the time. Yeah. And being and posting it without permission. You don't know when Miranda's recording. <laughs> but I, I, but I've been told we will Facebook. I mean, that's part of my job that I know that will happen. Yeah, but, yeah. The, but again, the, the, I'll use this as the example, and this is the extreme example. If a Chicago cop pulls a guy over here on Illinois, you can walk up and start filming. You don't have to ask permission. Right. You don't have to stop filming if the cop tells you. The Supreme Court literally that's, ruled on this. I know. And, that's not like secret recording. But, you, but you're, you're, I think you're stuck on the whole idea of if they know you're recording. You could put your phone in your pocket and just have the little camera above it and stand there. And they wouldn't know you were filming. I assume the difference, Judy, between TV and knowing is, is just distribution rights. 
And maybe that is it. So you're yeah. you're you're using their likeness to make money, and so in those cases, you might have to ask for that permission. But yeah. not, like me posting some random dude on YouTube, yeah, I'm not profiting off of that, right? And whether they know they were being filmed, irrelevant if they're in public. But these new sunglasses basically so make I- it just easier to do. You're walking along, and and apparently they use the voice. You're like, I think you have to say, "Hey, Facebook." I think it's the, uh, instead of Alexa. Uh, or whatever, and you say, you know, start recording, and it just immediately your sunglasses so start under recording. the Federal Wiretap Act, it is illegal for any person to secretly record an oral, telephonic, or right. electronic communication That's with other parties phone. to the communication reasonably expect to be yeah, private. over a phone. Yeah. This is not over a phone. Mm-hmm. This is in public. You have no right to privacy in public. You don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a camera. Look, I can see the camera right here on the street corner. They didn't ask my permission to film me. <laughs> they didn't ask, and they don't have to. And they can use it for apparently whatever the hell they want to use it for. Yeah. The expectation of privacy in public does not exist in any way, shape, or form. A happy Friday. It's Bruce. It's Judy. We've got DJ Brett over there. And you know what? All week long, we've been talking about the upcoming 20-year anniversary of 9-11. We've had some interesting guests uh, I remember earlier this week, we we had the young man uh, at the age of nine. His father was inside, didn't make it out, and his quest for the truth and trying to find out about his father. I mean, just amazing, right? Yeah. The, the book yeah. he wrote called Sway. His life. It was, yeah, it sounds like a great book. Yeah. Um, we talked to a, uh, a former uh, member of the Air Force, retired member of the Air Force, who then w- went on to work for a... Uh, civilian contractor was working in Afghanistan, training these uh, Afghans and the Afghan military, uh, understanding more about that. And joining us right now is Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Myers. First off, Lieutenant Colonel, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Uh, retired. I should throw that in there. You are a retired Lieutenant Colonel. And I wanted to talk a little bit with you. Obviously, coming up on the 20-year anniversary, this is... Um, you know, my guess is not just for you, but for a lot of a lot of veterans and a lot of members of the military. This this day holds holds a lot for you. It does. Yes, I I also have a personal connection. My father was had his office on the ninety second floor of the South Tower. Oh my! He was the boss of a company called Washington Group. He survived that day, but I I believe they lost uh, thirteen employees, oh. and and I want to say also one of the oldest people to perish that day who was an engineer that worked for him oh my goodness wow it really does strike close to home it does and you know it's for veterans right now it's a very strange situation because i think all of us anticipated that the 20-year anniversary would be um um, obviously not a celebration but a poignant moment where we could reflect on all the progress we made and we've sort of been thrust into this weird juxtaposition now because the war on terror is not over, and in fact, the enemy is emboldened. So it's it's really made it a, a, a crazy situation for us. So right now in Afghanistan, obviously for the last month or so, we've been you know, the, the 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 botched pull out the whatever. But they're still Americans. Uh, some are dual uh, citizens, as I understand. But there are still people in Afghanistan. If I understand it right, and and nobody can give us an exact number who are trying to get out. What are you doing? Well, how are you involved in this? 
So I have a team of uh, myself and two other former Marines that were involved since the beginning. Um, we were serving as a conduit between the informal network of Marines worldwide, former and current, and to feed the names of interpreters and allies into the Marines that were conducting the mission. So because there had been no plans in place to identify who those people were. So we sort of just started doing that ourselves. And then since the U.S. left, it's been a mad dash and scramble to try to evacuate all those interpreters that were left, as well as a lot of American citizens. And I absolutely can confirm um, I'm involved in the, the operation up north with the airplanes. I can absolutely confirm that there's a lot of American citizens still mm -hmm. there. And they're desperately trying to get out, and the situation is not at all as simple as is being portrayed on the television. Yeah. Well, what's what's what are we missing then, for lack of better terms? Well, um, they were left behind. There's now an effort by the State Department, in my opinion, to save some grace to sort of cherry pick the American citizens out from the large numbers of evacuees that we had them with to get them on these uh, flights going out of Kabul. Uh, yesterday, a flight went out on an aircraft that can carry, I believe, up to 340 or 50 people. And only I I had 113 it. people on it. Oh, really? They're not even full. And only only 10 of those, I'm sorry, were actually American citizens. And at the same time, I'm in contact with lots of American citizens who weren't even notified of that flight. Now, but uh, are you saying that the government knows that they, they knew there were these Americans who were, at, you know, full citizen Americans who they didn't get out? Because we saw a lot of Afghan nationals being taken out of the country. I mean, how did these Americans get left behind? That's the big question. Um, so the State Department has been aware of American citizens there. And, and I like to remind people that, um, for example, the evacuees that I'm trying to get out now, which numbers in the hundreds and mm -hmm. hundreds, um, these are all vetted, I'm not saying vetted by the State Department, but these people were all nominated by Americans who served in Afghanistan. Every one of these people was told to my team by an American somewhere who said, I, I need you to help rescue my ally or my interpreter. It's not like the first day with the C-17, a mad dash oh, of God. deserters right. from the Army trying to get on an airplane. This, these are hand-selected people. And what's happening now is very troubling because the State Department is working to just get the American citizens. And I guess the plan is to just abandon all of these other people that we've been working so hard to get out. You know, yesterday, by the way, we're talking to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Myers, retired. Um, and yesterday we spoke to a contractor, former Air Force, retired, uh, and then uh, working in Afghanistan, who told us about a a visa, and I forget the, the specific terminology, but that it was basically promised to these Afghans that in return for working for the U.S. government, in turn for working uh, at the base, that they would be given this uh, visa so that they could emigrate to the United States. Are these a lot of the people we're talking about? They were they were promised some form of uh, benefit in order for working for the United States, and we've left them high and dry. Those are exactly the people we're talking about. It's called a special immigrant visa, or SIV, and there's yes. also a green card. Mm -hmm. There's also green card holders, and these people are legal uh, immigrants to the United States. They have just as much right to emigrate to the United States as somebody with a passport. They've been given permission. They've been given the clearance. And the people we have predominantly gotten to secure locations in the hopes of getting them out with this flight situation that's been um, stalled, they're all in those, ca those categories. Okay. We 
unfortunately, we're put in the position where we had to tell people, well, you didn't, your sieve wasn't approved, so you have to stay and possibly die. But this family can go because their sieve was approved. It is. These are the how people many that people, are being left. how many about are we talking about that you know of? Thousands. 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 Wow. Um, do you have any hope? I'm kind of underhanding this one to you. Uh, sir, <laughs> uh, do we have any hope that th- this version of the Taliban, the the latest iteration, are going to be more receptive, less radical? Uh, do you have any hope that they, quote unquote, learn their lesson or want to join the you know the, the group of nations, or should we expect them to be a lot more like the old version? Well, this is where it's been painful for me, having inside information to watch people debating this subject on television, because I had two American citizens, one a woman who has family in the United States, including children and husband, they're all citizens, as well as a citizen toddler and an Afghan mother who were up in that place that's been well publicized trying to get out on those airplanes. And um, they both fled. The one woman fled because she spent a week trying to get into the airport and then a 10 days with us, and she just got tired of it. And then the, the toddler fled with the mother um, because they spent a week trying to get in the airport. We're pushed in the sewage canal by the Taliban. The baby has torn her foot open on some razor wire. Oh, God. And then they spent 10 days with us, and then the Taliban showed up at her home and executed her brother. So that's confirmed. That's not rumors. So... That should answer right. the question as to whether the Taliban is businesslike and professional or whether they're the same old Taliban. Understood. Understood. Uh, what should the U.S. government be doing at this point? The U.S. government should be doing absolutely everything in their power to get those flights off the ground, to get those people out of there. And that, that, that may be the last great push of people that were able to get out um, and without the Taliban then administering whatever it is they're going to do. And it's, they need to be doing absolutely everything in their power to make it happen and not marginalizing the sieve holders and the, the green card and the people that we're trying to evacuate from the American citizens. I feel like the State Department's plan is to just get those citizens, put a bow on it, claim victory, and move on because yeah. everybody's forgetting about it. Well, we group, I'm, I'm sorry ahead. to go so long. That group up north includes religious minorities and um, vulnerable women's groups, as well as the civs, and it's just a, it's a shame. We appreciate you talking about it, educating us, and, and continuing to raise the alarm. He's Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Myers, retired about the, the not just Americans, but Afghans who have a legal right to come to the United States and are being left behind right now. The situation isn't over, even if it's not front and center on your thing. Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate your time today. And, uh, uh, yeah, this is a humanitarian disaster is what it is. And you're right. I, I share his beliefs. I, I don't think the Taliban is like some softer, gentler version anymore. I think they want you to believe that. I don't think they are. You know, it's a a little bit of PR on their part. Hey, good morning. Happy Friday. He's DJ Brett over there, right? Look at that. I like the music selection today. Judy, I'm Bruce. And, you know, we've heard a lot about businesses that are struggling to hire. Please come work for us. 15 an hour, 17 an hour. We pay daily. Let's see. Free food.
<laughs> you know, whatever it might be. But Amazon, I mean, and it doesn't get much bigger than Amazon these days. Other than they're they're going to end up being everybody's employer at some point, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they just added a new benefit in an effort to get new employees. Amazon says it will offer to pay 100% of college tuition for its 750,000 U.S. hourly employees. Hourly employees, not full-time. Full Part-time hourly employees. It includes After tuition, 90 books, days, and fees. 90 days of employment. You work for 90 and days. Having worked for Amazon at yeah. one time, let me tell you, benefits start day one. That is... That is a hell of a Benny. Yeah. Right? Including books and fees. I mean, in the in the competitive world out there of searching for employees, I might be better than having a ping pong table right? in the in the rec room. I mean you the know? benefit when for full time workers used to be when you worked at a company and if they had a program that you can go get your master's or continuing yeah, education. Continuing. That was a something. big benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. never did anyone ever offer to pay but that, for my but those college were a lot education. Of, but those were a lot of times in professional businesses where that continuing education Helped also business. benefited the business. Right, of course, you, know, you would of have course. a new. Uh, you right. would be of more value to them. This is interesting because uh, play this out. There's a short term and a long term issue here. And, and, and issue is maybe the wrong word. In the short term, I could see people saying, I want to work for Amazon to do this. But them getting a college education on Amazon's dime, aren't they going to leave? <laughs> aren't they going to use that college education and get a job somewhere else? So is Amazon just saying, you know what, for the four years, the five years or whatever, uh, we'll take it. That, that's as good as we, we're going to yeah, get. And, I mean, and Maybe, because right? Amazon's obviously going to own the world one day, so... Yeah, you're just going to go work somewhere else in Amazon, yeah, maybe. I don't know. the new ones coming in, and, and I mean, if that's the case, well, then great, because that's a whole other slew of people who are now educated, you know? Amazon is offering sign-up bonuses for new employees up to $3,000. I mean, that's how crazy it is in the marketplace right now. The educational benefits is interesting because it also strikes me that they are going after a certain demographic. Mm -hmm. They're going after younger people, people who didn't finish college, couldn't, couldn't afford to, left to go work, or could never start down that process. And now that's a heck of a carrot that you're dangling right. in front of a lot of When these I folks. worked at Amazon, I was one of maybe five older people. Really? Everyone was young. Yes. Amazon is a is a company that attracts young people anyway. You know, I think and listen, I they're doing it because it benefits their company. Full stop period. I get it. But you know, I mean, that is a pretty Yeah, the added bonuses. That's a great, heck of yeah. a deal. I mean, they also support you getting uh high school diploma, GED, uh even English as a second language. Yeah. They're going They will pay for. It, you know? You go to work for Amazon, you can better yourself and educate yourself on their dime. Yeah, and why why not get an education and then stay with Amazon? I mean, there are those jobs, too. Well, you could move up inside the yeah, company. Right? I would, I would assume there's got to be something like that. You know, Not everybody is an hourly employee that works in a warehouse my or bosses, delivers. My bosses were all younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. 
there were a lot of them. There were a lot of bosses. Yeah, and they and you know what? And they all were. You know, it's it's like the cool place to work. I mean, they all had laptops. Yeah, it does and they strike had these me like that. That they just they just rolled these stands around the store and did things, and yeah, it was all. It is kind of. It strikes me as like whether it's true, but it just my outside thing. It strikes me as like a cooler, hipper. Um, we could have our phone in our hands at all times because Amazon understood that you might have an emergency at home, or you just might need to talk to someone, or during your downtime, go ahead, you can use your phone. What? <laughs> what? I was like the old person. What? What do you? What, we should put these phones away. Put your phone away. We're no working. Phones for anyone. Yeah, no. Oh, you must I, have, it, I was the only one who wasn't on my phone. You must have ended up at one of the good ones because all I hear is the horror stories about people not being able to take bathroom breaks and having yeah. to wear diapers and things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are always two sides to every story. I suppose. Although I got to tell you, hundred percent of college I tuition. I thought it was great. Um. Because really what they did is, I mean, if you remember, I think Walmart, Target also did this thing that would they would they would cover the cost of like an associate and- or an undergraduate degree. But it was only it was it was select schools. It was online. You know, Amazon's just kind of like upping this going. Oh, yeah. If you're choosing between working at Amazon or some of these others. And this is the arms race. It's interesting how benefits change because the arms race maybe 20 30 years ago was what kind of insurance do they have oh, what yeah. kind of what kind of health insurance they got oh do they have a 401k or maybe a matching 401k you know what 401k was big right yeah. that was like a, mm-hmm. a big thing well now and then it went to okay so play along with that then it went to well do they have bean bags do they have a do right. they have a do you have a, a pool table a, in a, your basement? A, do they have a beach volleyball court mm-hmm. out back, you know? I mean, yeah, right? Oh, All yeah. these kind of ben- I, can that, you wear flip-flops to work? Yeah, I used to like cover stories at places like that yeah. and I immediately I'd be jealous. Oh. Immediately I'd walk in and be like, "What? Foosball?" Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. We had a radio station that had a beach volleyball out back. Oh, come on. And had a chef that would make breakfast and lunch. See? A chef, now that's a A chef at that's the radio station that made breakfast yeah. and lunch for the staff. Now, I will say the amount of food we get at radio stations, that was always, to me, one of the benefits <laughs> of working at the radio station. <laughs> oh, well, and early in my career, it was the liquid lunches. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Amazon, again, uh, I, I don't know. Need We've a college got, education? Get a job you, at Amazon. And you know, the unemployment, extra unemployment's running out? Mm, you might... You, this might be like a game of musical chairs. You better hurry up and get the job at Amazon before they're full. And yeah. they say, ah, no, we're good. We don't need anybody anymore. We're going to jump into our 8 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. How about this one? The L.A. School District will now require vaccines for all students 12 years old and up. How many other school districts will follow that lead, Brett? Football is officially back. Tampa Bay starting the season like they ended it last year. Rolling over the Dallas Cowboys 31-29. Football week one starts this weekend. Bears Sunday night football against the Rams. Judy? So if you fly and then, you know, you don't wear your mask or you growl or you spit or you hit. It's going to cost you. You're not only going to go to jail. It's going to cost you a lot more money. The feds have imposed stiffer fines. Well, people behave when you fly. We're going to put the signs up. Like, how much is it going to cost me to act like a complete? Should I jackhole? growl for two thousand dollars? Possibly. Yeah, you, you sit there and you you uh, uh uh 
you fret over an extra $10 on your plane ticket, but you're going to pay a $1,000 fine because you won't put your mask on. Figure that one out. Hey, um, you know, one of the things that that has happened was, uh, and we've heard these stories about police officers specifically being called when there are incidents involving people that might be having some sort of a mental health episode. Um, and I, I, I liken this back. I, I, I was at a, a meeting with a, a chief of police uh, in Phoenix. And it was the first time I'd heard someone in law enforcement kind of say this out loud. And, and he said, you know, I don't believe my police officers are the best people that should be responding to people that are having a mental health crisis. Uh, it's not what we do. It's not what we do well, you, you know. And he says, you know, what ends up happening is, um, in many ways, they're not compliant. So now they're breaking the law and we end up arresting them or putting them in jail. And so now I've taken someone with a mental health crisis and I've given them a legal problem. So what can be done? Is there another solution? Joining us right now is Matt Richards. And Matt is the Deputy Commissioner of Behavioral Health at Chicago Department of Public Health. First off, good morning to you, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me a little bit about this new program, CARE program, which stands for Crisis Assistance Response and Engagement? And you heard my lead up there a little bit. Is it along those lines? Yes. So for the first time in city history, we're integrating mental health professionals into the city of Chicago 911 response system. So we're embedding mental health professionals in the 911 call center and then also embedding them in teams that respond to 911 calls that have a mental health component. And this is the first time in city history we've done this. Uh, Two teams started last Monday um, in the Lakeview North Center areas and the Auburn Gresham Chatham areas. Um, and then we are putting two more teams in the field later this year. So it's really exciting. I think it's consistent with exactly what you described in your lead. And when you say the teams, can you describe who's, who's you know, and describe what they drive in and who is on the team? Yes. So the two teams that started last Monday are teams that include uh, a crisis mental health clinician uh, from my team at the health department a community paramedic from the fire department, and then a CIT officer, which stands for Crisis Intervention Team, uh, officer from the police department. And those two teams started on Monday of last week. And then we have two more teams starting later this year that do not include a CIT officer. So those teams are just uh, behavioral health or mental health professional and then a paramedic. And the officers in, place clo- a- in plain clothes? Yes. So that's part of this model is that you're wearing, um, you are wearing identifiable polos, but you're not wearing, you know, a tire that would be, you know, conventionally associated with public safety or law enforcement. The vehicle that's operated is a sprinter van. So it looks like it doesn't look like a conventional public like a delivery vehicle. Van. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's much more uh, consumer friendly. You know, we don't use lights and sirens. Those can be escalating for people, you know, if people are in distress. Again, we're talking to Matt Richards, the Deputy Commissioner of Behavioral Health at the Chicago Department of Public Health. By the way, Matt, I'm 100% in favor of this. I think it's a a brilliant idea. How is it received uh, amongst the police? Are you getting feedback that cops are like, thank God, we'd much rather send you? Absolutely. I mean, I I have done roll call trainings uh, all of last week with our patrol teams in the 19th district on the north side and some of my colleagues were in the 6th district on the south side 
And pretty uniformly, the feedback is, thank you so much. We are so glad you're going to be out there. Um, they have given us some pretty detailed information about things that they think we should be aware of. I think there's definitely a recognition they spend a lot of time on these calls, both on the response and then on the paperwork, and that a lot of the time they don't have the tools to actually address the root cause of the call. So they're really glad to have us there. And Matt, as we know, here in Chicago, we've had a couple of instances where, you know, it's escal instead of being diffused, it turns violent. it's not violent. People have died. We've yeah. had incidents of, you know, where the officers have gone out and, you know, because they're trained to eliminate the threat. Right. And, you know, sometimes it is a threat. People call in their Their son or daughter is having an episode and they are they're armed with a bat or whatever. So I, I have to believe that, you know, police are absolutely ecstatic that you guys are doing this. And, you know, we talk about the police part. Yes, but it's also this is good for the the so-called victims. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that's really different about this model is that, you know, if you have a normal 911 response, your option is really to take a person to an emergency department, um, unless a crime has been committed, in which case you have to go the, you know, the law enforcement route. But Mm -hmm. what's different about this model is that we actually have approval to transport patients to destinations other than hospitals. So we can take you to a mental health clinic. We can take you to a health center. We can take you to a shelter. So a lot of people just need to see a psychiatrist quickly or they need to see a therapist quickly. We can do that. We have approval um, from the state of Illinois to do those sorts of transports. And that that is a critical part of this model. And then we do one seven and 30 day follow up with anybody that we come in contact with. So, you know, a normal 911 call ends after the transport, right? Or it ends and you resolve it on scene. We want to do one seven and 30 day follow up because we want to make sure you've achieved a more stable baseline. So we don't have a rinse and repeat of going back through 911 over and over again. Oh, that makes so much sense. And starting yeah. with the 911 call, you have someone answering the call and then going the extra mile. How, how, so do, they, you, how, how do they determine if they're going to send your, your uh, the, the care team? Uh, this must come down to dispatchers on some level, but how, how is right. that determination made? So all calls come in on the police side and the police call takers do a risk screen. So if a call screen's positive for risk, then it stays on the police side and CIT officers would handle it. Um, If it screens negative for risk, it goes over to the fire side um, and they just make sure the person is medically stable. They don't need an emergency transport to a hospital, you know, like they had a wound or, you know, had Mm -hmm. chest pain or something like that. And if we're available and in district, they would send us. Um, The risk screen that the police uh, dispatcher does or call taker does is really looking at presence of a weapon uh, has a crime been committed where there's law enforcement activity required or has a verbal or physical threat been made so that's that that okay. is there's a risk part and then a medical stability part have you gotten any feedback since you went out started this week yeah so you know what we've we're in the midst of what we call a soft launch so what we've been doing for these first two weeks is we've met with all of our, you know, first responder colleagues at the fire stations, the police stations, doing training on the program. We've now met with all of our healthcare partners in each district because we want to make sure uh, they understand our program and we understand theirs, especially because if they're an alternate destination, we want to understand drop-off procedure. And then we've been doing community outreach. What starts next Monday is we're going to start doing uh, self-dispatch, which is when we join calls that are already in progress. Um, calls that might have been taken by CIT or police officers and they realize there's a mental health component and then we can join the call and take the call. 
And then on September 20th, we start the primary dispatch part, which is where we start taking 911 calls directly by ourselves. Great, great program. Matt, really appreciate uh, uh, your time today and appreciate the work you're doing there. We think it's uh, uh, certainly a step in the right direction. He's Matt Richards, Deputy Commissioner of Behavioral Health at the Chicago Department uh, of Public Health. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. Take yeah, care. best Bye-bye. of luck with that. I, I, I Listen, the, the reality of this is... Right? It sounds like a no-brainer, because I think too many people assume it's not a criminal issue, it's a health issue. And... The problem is that we still see mental health differently from chest pains. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, uh, you know, if, if police responded to a person having chest pains and they weren't compliant because they were rolling on the ground with chest pains, you don't arrest them. Right. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you don't tase them. Uh, they are in medical distress and so many of these people are in mental distress and need People specifically trained to deal with that don't turn it into a law enforcement problem. And again, all the cops I know, all of them love this. Yeah, they're, they're like, not yes, for this. They, they, said, they have their own job to do. Well, and they're like, I, I, I'm law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I, 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 this is not what I do. Right. But we, we ask cops to do so much. This will hopefully also uh, allow police to focus on. The actual crime, mm-hmm. the violent crime. And we know that's a bigger issue as opposed to dealing with a lot of this. I wish them loads of luck with that. So the Los Angeles Unified School District, which is a big one, announced yesterday that they would require the vaccine for all children 12 and up. And you have until January to comply. So basically, second semester, right? You come back from winter break, uh, Christmas or whatever. Only vaccinated kids are going to be allowed back in school. That's a hell of a step. Yeah. Again, every day, it seems like somebody goes one step farther than the last one, right? Yeah. You, you see this continue to move. Would this fly in Chicago? Do you, What would be the response to CPS mandating the vaccine 12 and up? Okay, I'm going to say... Uh, the teachers union would be the be the first to complain. Why? I don't know. They would find something to complain about. Well, but, but wasn't one of yeah. their arguments early right, on about coming back that the kids, kids weren't, weren't vaccinated? vaccinated right. well, that was, I'm, I'm, I don't want to yeah. mischaracterize I, it, but I think that was one of their arguments. Like, well, the kids are vaccinated. Right. This could be one of the first things that makes CTU happy if it went that way. You would think. Oh, you're so funny, happy yeah. CTU. No, they'd still find a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe they're waiting until January for that FDA approval as well. Um, although I don't know that there needs to be more approval for kids, but maybe um, there's that piece that people complain about. So you, you talk about the unions because this is interesting. So the president of the United Teachers of Los Angeles, their CTU, is in favor of this. Ultimately, we want our schools to stay open, and the best way to ensure that is to have as many people as possible in schools vaccinated. So we've heard this from a couple different unions out there. When these vaccines have been mandated for their employees or whatever, either they're in favor of it or they're taking a pass. (laughs) No comment. But they're not coming out against it uh, the pilots association the the flight attendants I, I both of those ones have have kind of gone along with at least in the airline industry yeah or by saying silent but, that but says everything yeah, that yeah. says a lot when you don't come out and say yeah. we're gonna we're gonna fight over it it is interesting and I, I and all i can say is i wonder if 
August, August, we set a record for pediatric hospitalizations due to COVID. I mean, a record since the beginning of COVID. (laughs) Not a record this year. A, a, A record ever. All time. If it continues down that path, if children are, and it appears, maybe because school's back, maybe because people have let their guard down, that kids are getting it, spreading it, exposed to it in some way, shape, or form, getting sick because of it. Does that motivate more people to say, well, it's about the kids now? Yeah. Well, Before it was about grandma and granddad, and you know what? They've been around long enough. They've lived a good life. Yeah, no, I mean, that you know, of course that's sad, too, the older people. But let's face it, older people aren't getting the variant because they're vaccinated. Children are not vaccinated. The Delta variant is extremely, extremely um, contagious. So, of course, the kids are going to get it. The, not all the, the adults are vaccinated. Mm. It's like the kids are going out and, and being in areas where... They're going to catch it there if their families get it, if they're and maybe they are, maybe they are getting together. And but it, it's not coming from the kids. They're just they happen to be the ones catching it you know, and you, you, spreading it like crazy. You see you see people, you know, and they talk about, oh, you know, the, what, what you wouldn't do or the sick kids. And we work with children's hospitals and and, and it tears at your heart when you hear about these violence, uh, these innocent children here in Chicago. These kids getting COVID are innocent. What about them? You know, and, you know, when a child dies, we're all shocked. I mean, when an older person right. dies, we're not. No. We're sad. We don't want them to die, but we're not shocked. the The shock factor is maybe what's going to wake up some people and say, mm, "This might be a good thing." And let's not forget, you have you can't go to school unless you have all your vaccines in order. There's other ones, right? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Believe me, are there? Yes. I mean, I'm sure I got. I remember. Mumps, measles mumps rubella Rubella. Um, the hell's rubella i know you don't want it i don't want it well i guess what i was vaccinated against it Uh, isn't that isn't rubella um chicken pox no there's a vaccine for chicken pox now my my college age kids had to get vaccines they had to get the meningitis vaccine it means it's not like it's weird so they keep and now they have that other one so here's how crazy things are i only know it because my arm hurts I got a shingles vaccine. From all vaccine. those years ago? I got a shingles yeah. vaccine two days ago. Oh, two days ago. Two days ago. I'm no, because I, I was, well, I didn't have, I, don't felt, I felt like I didn't have a choice. No, I, I was at the, the doctor and they're like, have you had a shingles vaccine? I go, what the hell's a shingles vaccine? They go, yep, you're getting one now. And very I go, painful. Ah, yeah, very yeah. painful to get shingles. Oh, okay. I thought yes. you meant the shot. And I go, well, for you, tender. I know it was. And yeah. I, you know, I got a lollipop and I, I sweated a little when they hurts. did it. still hurts. That's yeah. what you said a little two bit days of a, ago. A little bit of a sore spot there where <laughs> they did it. Hey, good morning. Um, thanks for spending time with us today. It's an interesting Friday. It's Bruce. It's Judy. Brett with us today. Tomorrow being 9-11 and the 20th anniversary. And, and, and I think as we get farther away from the date, those Big numbers, you know, mm-hmm. 21st won't mean as much. 25th will be big, you know. that we, I can't believe it's been 20 years. It's That's a big number. Like I, I mentioned that we, we were just talking to, to the, the, it feels like a long time ago, but it also feels like New. real recent right? as yeah, well. Like it's, it's one of those weird dates. I feel like it's because when we listen to the audio and hear people talk about it and it brings it instantly back. It, it, it's, it was so big. <sighs> It takes that's, me right back. That's it when takes that me second right plane hit. Day. 
And they thought they were standing on the other mm-hmm. side of it, and they thought the building exploded because they just saw the flame. They didn't see the plane fly yeah. into the other side. You know, and then and then you have these, you know, I don't, and I just watched the Netflix documentary, five-part documentary on this, and it brought back a lot of memories and a lot of emotions. And for me, I think the hardest thing were the voicemail messages, the 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 phone calls. Yeah, I, I just you know thinking of making that so phone real. call, right? These, yeah, these were real people with and then, real lives who died. Yeah, and and innocent people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, we could we could we would do mal- do well this weekend to to not only remember those we lost, but but remember how they lived. Like we said, remember their lives, remember the great things that they did. Um, still. It might be maybe the, the the best reason why. Judy says she's going to restore your faith in humanity. Well, one in six families is now considered food insecure, and that got the CEO of the Northern Illinois Food Bank thinking about how to make the charitable food sector more customer-friendly. So Julie Yurko and her team normalized the food bank experience and took shopping online, that click-and-collect model that... You see at Amazon, Walmart, and more can now be seen on My Pantry Express, delivering the same courtesy for the hungry, providing a service more important than ever during COVID. Now, in just six weeks, they figured out how to grow by 30% and sustain it, fulfilling 34,000 orders and over a million meals to 13 counties last year. Yurko says there are three reasons people need to fill their own pantry and they don't ask for help. Either they don't know about them, they can't get to them, or... They're embarrassed. She says the modernized system allows clients to fill out their order online, pick up their groceries at one of 20 different sites. And in Lake County, a pilot program being tested where DoorDash delivers. Wow. Wow. That's really impressive. Yeah. That, that's, that's a good story. And, and you know, I've, I've heard from a lot of folks that work at some of these food banks and things. They say, you know, people are, who are using our services now are people that donated to our services just a year or two before. ago. Yep. You know, yep. they, they went from that side. Thank you very much for restoring faith in humanity today, Judy. Also, thanks a lot to everybody uh, behind the scenes as well, like MG and the, uh, and the posse over there in Mission Control. They hit all the buttons. Our infant producer, Miranda, on the other side of the double pain bulletproof class. Brett, awesome work all week long. It's been great having you in here. Thank you so much. Nice job, Thanks. Brett. Pleasure to be with you guys. Yeah. And Nick Gale, he'll he'll stick around. He's got all the latest information. A lot of, <laughs> The news is changing constantly. Nick's on top of it. Traffic, weather, all the information coming up next right here on 890 WLS.